All right. Should here we do it? We go. All right. That was the Tim Clap. Can we hashtag trademark. that? Trademark. Yeah, trademark that. Sorry. Tim Clap. Which means that was crazy. Gen X. <laughs> that is a Gen X clap if I've ever heard one. <laughs> it was a dry clap. It wasn't a whole. It was just kind of a. Uh, yeah, so you couldn't even do it. I couldn't millennial. do it. I'm a millennial. It turns out. And I'm Gen Z. I thought Z. I was Gen X, and I'm a millennial. You're not even a millennial, Jacob. No, I'm Gen Z. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Three generations brought together for the fifth ever Tuesdays with Laserbeak podcast. Wow. Incredible. Very exciting. I know. Thanks for being here, Jaka. Thank you. You are Jaka. I am. And you are Laserbeak. I'm Laserbeak. We have our engineer extraordinaire, Tim Nelson, in the building. We're actually at NPR right now. Yeah. Can you tell? Can you hear it, listeners? Probably <laughs> <No>. not. <laughs> Probably not. Not unless you're an audio nerd. You can't, uh, you can't hear all the cardboard boxes that you I've also, seen. You also can't hear that... For the first time that we've ever recorded, it is nice outside. That's true. There is sunlight when we are recording. Beautiful. I know. It's like over 50 There's degrees. A I can see out of a window right now, which is great. Uh, it's looking directly into a five-story parking ramp. But there, still. There are also it's better than no cardboard boxes surrounding yeah. us. Not a single no cardboard CDs. box. Nothing to remind me of all the money that we have not recouped from our our big catalog. I like it here. I could get used to it. It Just feels very that. swanky. Very swanky. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It's nice out. It's very much like I took my kids to um, like the waterfall, Minnehaha mm-hmm. Falls, and we're eating ice cream outside, and it's just like it's on. It's happening. Minnesota is waking up right now. It feels good. I saw my neighbors for the first time in a while. It's all going down. There you go. How's your spring, Jacob? Uh, it's been really good. I'm in the moving process, which has been lovely. It oh, was yeah. supposed to snow the day that I moved, but it didn't, which nice. was nice. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to not be cold yes. all the time. No question always. about it. See some it's, sunlight, get some coming. vitamin D. I might wear a crop top this summer. Wow. Yeah. I okay. Don't know. Just really get into it. Jorts? Maybe. We'll see. Anything could happen. I did just buy a... Um, I splurged on myself. Okay. Sometimes you got to do that. Right. I bought a Fila tracksuit that is translucent. It's so hard to describe. Wow. But soon it will be mine and you'll see it on social media. But it's like, uh, it looks like a rainbow that's always changing. It's oh. like a hyper color thing, but it's not affected by the heat. It's really wild. That is very exciting. So I think I'm going to wear that all summer. These are the big <laughs> things that adults splurge on. Yeah, yeah. This is it. Oh, yeah. I dropped about... Five hundred dollars on candles at a at a candle fragrance sale. I saw that. <laughs> got a passion for candles. I've gotten into candles, but I'm more passionate about the fact that candles should be cheaper than they are. I went and I got I went to IKEA because yeah. I'm in the moving process and got two candles for so cheap, Ugh. and I was like, I will never buy pricey candles. So I, I can't do it. Well, I can't do it. I bought out this Times fragrance pop up sale, which was going on at the Rosedale Mall in the old Herbergers. Oh yeah, because me, my wife. Uh, on her lunch break, and I would say 150 to 270 year old women. Yeah, just posted up in the basement of a mall. Did it get competitive? It at got all? a little wild. There was like a candle encampment to the side where I would go and like stack up our boxes, and then I would go wow. and find more. And it, 
Uh, at one point, uh, someone in a wheelchair kind of like clipped my cart, which made me drop my cart, which almost broke all my candles. Oh, my gosh. It was a whole thing, but it all worked out. Um, Glad yeah, you didn't a, get in a fight. <laughs> it's been it's been pretty cool. That's it's wild. It's been a really big week here. Yeah. Very big, exciting. <laughs> these are the biggest things happening in your life, not like yeah. Dessa's orchestra show or No, anything. no, no. No, that was just a that, just an ordinary day. Just a small thing. Yeah, Dessa played the orchestra. Great transition. Thank you, J.K. Yeah, of course. You got me out of, of that candle hole. Of course. Um, Dessa did it. She did her two big Minnesota orchestra shows, uh, sold out, and we recorded it, mm-hmm. and it's going to be made into a live at Orchestra Hall album. Yeah. That was so exciting, and I think the craziest part of it being that, so after the Thursday show, which was the last show, you guys had a patch session oh to basically God. fix everything that needed to be fixed that had been messed up during the live recording. Yep. Um, but you only had like a very strict amount of time because of the orchestra's union rules. The union regulations were really getting on us. Yeah, we had 40 minutes after the second show, uh, and literally like a half hour after the second show. You have 40 minutes and you can knock out whatever you need to fix, and then it's done. I think we got it down to like a minute 15 yeah. remaining on the clock. And Something there's like, like union that. representatives kind of barking in your ear like, two minutes, minute and a half. Um, you guys did it. We really did it. I've never been so happy. That was, it was, it felt like being in an action movie yeah. where there's like, <laughs> yeah. the clock is ticking. And there was people, we were sitting and watching it and like, but it was so quiet. It was so tense in that room. Super tense. There's like a hundred... Profe- incredibly professional uh, orchestral players that are just like doing everything you ask them to at a rapid pace. Right. Um, but it's done. Uh, now we're in the mixing stage. Andy Thompson, bless his heart, is uh, got it in his basement. And we're getting the first rough mixes this week. And Doomtree is going to release an orchestra album at the end of the year. That is incredible. It's, we've come a long way, baby. Um, yeah, big budget. Big, yeah, big budget. Yeah. Just like Bally Low, your new Ooh, music video. God. The transitions are really good. The so segue smooth. streak. So smooth. It's really impressive. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Jake. I, I did. I released a new music video called Bally Low. Um, it includes me uh, trying to get into shape on a treadmill. Mm hmm. And it also includes me dancing in a adult furry spider costume. Which, if you attended the release show, you yeah. had seen the music video and you'd seen said spider suit. Yeah. You'd had the pleasure. You had the first glimpse, the of... sneak peek. I love the spider costume. It's hanging in my closet. I'm definitely going to wear it for Halloween. Good. Um, I'm really happy with how that video turned out. Shouts to Mercy's May for directing it um, and letting me do it in his apartment. And shouts to Amazon Prime, even though I know they're not always the greatest, right. because I got everything in that video for like $120, and uh, and that was it. It was, it was just a prop budget. It was <laughs> really... Can you, can you tell me about the inspiration for this? Yeah, I absolutely can. I used to, and I will again, ride an elliptical machine. And is that how you say it? Ride? Uh, Work out on? Sure. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, and I would listen. I would always listen to house music because it's like 120 BPM, and it just gets me going. Mm-hmm. And one morning, and I always have a huge fan on me to keep me cool. 
Right. One morning I get on and I put on some house music and I'm going and I look up and there's a big spider dangling from the corner of the wall. And I'm kind of freaked out. I don't love spiders. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to get off of this thing now and handle the spider. And then I realized that the fan was blowing it so that it was stuck in mm. midair. And then I'm like, okay, it's stuck. It can't get me. And then I'm like, oh, wait, it's kind of blowing. It's kind of dancing to this house music. So then I, I spent like a half hour on an elliptical machine just like dancing with a spider to house music. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that's basically, quite the it basically is the treatment of the video. And thank you again, Mercies, for letting me explain that idea to you and, and you not, like, hanging the phone up. Yeah, just being good. like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Um, and my wife, uh, so we share an Amazon account, mm-hmm. as a lot of old married people do. And uh, she gets a notification anytime someone buys something through Amazon. Right. So the morning that I bought all of the props for that she was like it was like adult furry spider costume uh <laughs> half naked ripped man poster uh, yeah. <laughs> like short shorts whatever and so she definitely like popped off in a couple group threads uh, yeah just being like i think my husband has lost his mind so little those, did she know i was crushing it yeah those short shorts they they'll be your <laughs> summer outfit so they're, yeah, they're gonna get use exactly you're gonna use those again it's a twofer no problem. Um, so yeah, we did the we did the video. Dessa put out grade school games around the orchestra hall shows, and then I'm trying to think what else has come out. Fanny pack. Yes. With Sophia Aris. Yep. Uh, shouts to Sophia Aris. I've been producing music for her with my good friend Bionic, um, and we just dropped this second single, Fanny Pack. It's a spring anthem. Yeah, it is. Everyone likes fanny packs. Millennials, Gen Xers. Tim, I'm sure I've seen you in one. No. Gen Zers, Gen Zers for we sure. We definitely love love fan yeah. packs. You've taken the power back. Yeah, we have. Um, so we we dropped that song. Uh, it's an anthem for all fanny pack lovers out there. We're, we're working on a video right now, and uh, and then she took off because Sophia Aris DJs for Lizzo, mm-hmm. who is obviously having like the hugest year of anyone's life. That is, it's in, it's been so incredible to see that and to be like. Minnesota had a part in that. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm so like Minnesota proud of that. Yeah, I think everyone here is. We're like pretty amped. She just I, debuted in the top ten. It's incredible. Yeah, um, yeah they are cre- so they went from. Um, and full disclosure, I manage Sophia, so we mm-hmm. just put that out. That's like a obligation, right? That you'd have to say at NPR. Sure. Like. Yeah, yeah. Full disclosure. <laughs> um, but so she is on the road. So they did two weeks at Coachella. The record dropped. And they've just been playing sold out show after sold out show ever since. Mm-hmm. And like all the cool magazine stories and everything are coming out. And then they'll be here this month in Minneapolis. They're just going yeah. all over the place. It's They're so here cool. this Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So cool to see. She sold out. So she sold out the Palace Theater here and then announced two more shows at the Armory Jeez. and sold those out too. Jeez. She sold out the Armory twice and the Palace Theater. It's big boss. It's incredible. Moves. And yeah. full disclosure, you produced. Full disclosure. An album with her. Yes, I feel like I have to say that. Yeah, Lizzo I did. Bangers. Lizzo Bangers, the first one. Um, no, it's crazy. It was like six years ago when we were starting that, and to see everything that's happened since is really tight. And then to really see it like uh, as big as it always was supposed to be, kind of like yeah. you know, she kind of like spoke it into reality, and it's so rad. And that whole team, 
all the women in her camp and everyone behind the scenes and the dancers and Sophia, like it's just a powerhouse. It's so cool. I'm all about it. Yeah. No, and it's it's incredible. I feel like I have bragging rights because I'm like, oh, I know Laserbeak who produced Lizzo's exactly. album. Like it's it's tangential, but I can brag about yeah. it. That's a Gen Z thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, yeah. I'll use the cloud <laughs> however I can get yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah, do it. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so that's... I've been listening to that record a lot. Yeah, of so course. So we'll go... Let's do bonus jams. Yeah, let's do it. While we're talking about it. What... I think I know what you're about to talk about. The Billie Eilish yeah. record. Yeah. yeah. Billie I, Eilish. It's... World takeover. She is, again, another artist who's blowing up, um, yeah. sort of like Lizzo is, Um I really, her new album has so many different moods and I like really, I don't, not every track is going to make it like onto a playlist that I would listen to every day, but I do like the full album and just, she's 17. Like it's it's such a well-produced album. She produces with her brother Phineas, who is a musician on his own, who I really enjoy as well. Yeah, because her brother's name is like Phineas yeah. Copeland or something, something like that. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, He's or o- O'Connor or something like that. Some creative name. Yeah, they they made it, uh, and you'll have to correct me here, but I've done a little bit of research, mm-hmm. and they like made it in his bedroom, Yeah, and they produced the whole thing, and it does. It has like a vibe. It has like um, a sound, whereas usually these kind of like younger breakthrough artists are more often than not pretty manufactured as far as Mm -hmm. like okay we're gonna put you in with 12 different producers and 18 different songwriters it seems like and from everyone i've talked to in the industry that it's actually like this is just them in a bedroom and it turns out that the whole world loves it yeah well and she's also i just think it's incredible how hands-on she is in her process she really takes part in the visuals and for the release of the album she had this like gallery exhibit thing and each room was based off a song from the album and that was like her release party type thing which is incredible yeah like it's it's crazy because she's 17 so to think about what she'll be doing a few years from now the caliber of stuff she'll be making totally is crazy it reminded me of a little bit, and I don't know if sonically or just like in the z- the zone of the first Lord mm. record, just because it was like, I don't know, it just didn't seem manufactured. It seemed like this is just some new stuff. It was like pop, but that was like a little bit darker than pop yeah. you hear a yeah, lot yeah. of. Yeah, there's been a lot of comparisons drawn between her and Lord. Have there? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, then I nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> You're picking up on what everybody else yeah. is. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm. I'm getting through. I really like the back half of it too. She has mm-hmm. some more slow jams on there. Um, I am so excited for the Carly Rae Jepsen album. Comes out at the end of May. Yeah. Uh, the first four singles have been fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got tickets. I paid for them. I was like, it was the first time the Spotify like, hey fan, you yeah. get like the whatever. She's coming to the State Theater uh, in Minneapolis, and I bought a ticket for her and my daughter Penny, and we're gonna go so hard. It's going to be crazy. What, what's Penny's favorite Carly Rae Jepsen song? So Penny doesn't like Carly Rae Jepsen that much anymore. But oh. I bought her a ticket so I didn't look like the weird dad that was just there by himself. Oh, okay, so this is an excuse for you. <laughs> yeah. But she does like it. Like, she likes right. it. She likes the party for one song right now. Um, and Lou and Cam each have their own songs that they like. We always debate about what the greatest Carly Rae song is right right now I think it's the the four songs from her new record yeah so good 
So I'm pumped about Carly Rae. Um, and I loved going to see like the big summer shows. I'm going to see Carly Rae Jepsen. I'm going to see Cardi B this summer. I already have tickets to That's both of those. That's exciting. Yeah, it's yeah. Be crazy. No, I, Allie and AJ released yeah. a song called Church. And so Allie and AJ, they did potential breakup song for any of you Gen Zers or, Z or young sitch. millennials. You'll know of that song from Disney Channel. Um, but they kind of made a comeback and. They sound like if Haim was even poppier. Oh, my God. And it's so good. I, I'm, I'm so already into in, it. Man. I've never heard of, as a millennial Gen X cusper, I've never heard of Ali and AJ until right now. Yeah. But, but I'm really excited. You'd be into it. If you said it's, it's Haim with more pop to yeah. it, mm-hmm. oh, I love it. Yeah, it's perfect. Right, I'm checking that out. Yeah. Ali um, and AJ. Yeah, so they're coming this summer. I'm hoping to see them. Um, I'm also going to finally get to see Rosalia live. Oh, yeah, your favorite. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited. Um, she is playing Lollapalooza, and okay. I impulse bought tickets around my birthday because I thought I deserved it. To see her. Yes, to see Just her. Just to see her. I mean, Jay Balvin's there, and yeah. Mitski's there, and a, a lot of other artists that I like, but... But she was she's, the, she's the, the main. clincher. She was the main. So camera. I bought myself a Fila tracksuit. You bought yourself tickets to Lollapalooza. Correct. And that's the big one of my big festivals. Um, Common Sound Festival being the other big one I'll be Ooh. attending this summer. Wow. It's almost like we have a Google Doc that we're sharing it's with the... Uh, almost like <laughs> segue topics. But it's not. But we're it's just not. so well connected. It's insane. Uh, yes. Common Sound Festival in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Uh, the the one and only Doomtree full crew show on the books this year, uh, for the time being at least. And it goes down June 30th. Um, I'm really excited about it. It's We got approached by... It's being put on by Second Year Festival, um, being put on by the Bethel Synagogue, which is one of the biggest synagogues in the Midwest. Mm. And then across the street from them is a Catholic school, and they've decided to kind of like... I don't know, make a day about unity and, and bringing people together around music. And so at first when I got the call, you know, from the rabbi and we're talking it out, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what this is about, how this right. is going to work. And then as we continued to talk and scheme, it was like, oh, no, this is like exactly what we're about. This is great. And then um, in the ultimate of Segway Streaks, our good friend Jeremy Messersmith is going to be playing main support Ooh. at Common Sound Festival. And so we thought it would only be right to bring our good friend Jerry Messersmith onto the podcast as our next guest, the third guest ever mm-hmm. on the Tuesdays with Laser Reap podcast. Let's get into it. Boom. Incredible segue, because here we are with our third guest ever on the Tuesdays with Laser Reap podcast, Jeremy Messersmith. Well, hello there. Wow. Hi. Hello. Oh, it's so good to be How here. How are you doing? You sound good. I'm great. I, I'm pretty fantastic, and it's it's wonderful being in this opulent, opulent mm. studio. Isn't this nice? It's just, yeah. I, know. I feel great. like I'm going to have really, really smart and funny things to say. I can't wait. Oh, we hope so. I can't wait. I think the room's going to bring it out of you. <laughs> I want to first just quickly uh, get a recap of your evening so far. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, I was uh, playing video games at home, and then... Uh, uh, Ate two Totinas party pizzas because uh, I know how to party. Damn right. <laughs> and then I went to my uh, my adult continuing education uh, pottery class. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's about as rock and roll as it, as it gets. It is Monday. Think, yeah. Uh, yeah. To be clear, it's Monday night, right? Monday now. night. Yep. So yeah. that's what you do on a Monday night. It sure is. Is it a weekly pottery class? It is. I go uh, I go every Monday and uh, uh, assemble clay, and then you know throughout the week I, I read about. 
clay and mm. awesome. I make stuff today. I made uh, like six pinch pot uh, whiskey glasses, really? shot, shot glasses. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm really into like. Uh, did you ever watch that um, uh, uh, primitive technology guy on YouTube yeah. by any chance? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when he does like that pottery stuff, I was like, oh, I, I think I want to get into. Like I can do this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's just you know, you take dirt, you mix some water in, and then you make like coils, and you have like a you have like a pot. I love stuff. it. Yeah, yeah. So whiskey whiskey glasses. <laughs> can we expect those to be for sale? Oh. Uh, yeah, like uh, Art of Worlds coming up. Like, when are you yeah. going to have, like, a... Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Merch? Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Actually, I probably should. I mean, if I if I really get into cranking cranking out uh, little, like, pinch pot mugs and things... Uh, sure. Brand yeah, I'll, them? I'll, I'll probably have them as, as merch at some point. I have a cousin who, like, he is a potter, potterist, potist, um, full-time. They have, like, he's in Ohio, and they have, like, a huge underground kiln thing, and they do, like, three firings a year. Wow. Like, wow. They're crushing yeah. it. Wow. So there Incredible. you go. Always get at always monetizing. That's that's what you're aspiring to. Uh, you know, I I never really take most of my obsessions that far. Okay. Uh, they're usually just like to amuse myself, that's and good. then uh, somebody's like, oh, "You should you should uh, you should put those for sale." <laughs> We're and like, oh, "You should sell hey, it, you man. Should, you should like perform <laughs> these songs for people." You know, it's like, okay. "Oh, I don't I don't know." Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's how you got into music. Was somebody was just like, "You should perform these." Yeah. Yeah, Kinda. actually, my yeah. my girlfriend was like, you, you should, my girlfriend at the time, this was like 20 years ago, yeah. was like, you should like play an open mic or something. And I was like, no, I, I, I think I just want to, yeah, it's just for me. Like, I think I just want to maybe teach guitar lessons in my basement, you know, like sure. that sounds, that sounds nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she she booked like my first you know oh. like coffee shop gig, you know, to like, oh, you should just go play. And then I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, this is like a whole other thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I got free sure. coffee. I bet they gave you like a. Oh, like you, you get a pound of beans when yeah. you play at Dunbros. Oh, no wow. Problem. A pound. A whole pound. Beans. Yeah. Did she do that behind your back or did she ask you before she booked it? I think she did it. And and then and then told me about it. Yeah. But, but it was you know I was like a music major, but I think I was Got just kind of depressed after college and like well now what do I do? You know? Right. It's like oh there's no more no more juries, no more classical pieces to play. You know. Yeah. What, yeah. what do I do? What do with I my do life? now? Yeah. Dunn Brothers is usually the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because I did work at Dunn Brothers. Did you? Yeah. Yes. Uh, not not at at that time, but through college I worked over at the Freight House one. Which yeah, was, man. Was very fun. Wow. Yeah. You got to work somewhere. I met Matt Dillon there. Oh shit! Came in. I met Tori Amos there. Actually. Really? Wow! Yeah, Tori Amos was my gateway from um, R and B. I grew up an R and B guy, mm. so from like '90s R and B to um, '90s alternative rock, somehow Tori Amos was the one. Because Cornflake Girl came out, and I was like, "This is kind of like singing R and B." I guess. <laughs> I guess I could listen to like the alternative rock station now, and that yeah. was it. You met her. I did. She uh, she came in and asked for a double shot mocha, which I made for her. Okay. And then uh, she was with, with like an assistant, and um, I made one. And then she went out and sat on the patio, and then came in and ordered the same exact thing. I was like, that was a really good double oh, shot. Oh, she mocha. liked it. Yeah, wow. I'll, have, I'll have a second. And then she was like, uh, "Hey, I'm playing a show uh, tonight with Ben Folds. Would you like to be my guest for the evening?" What? Yeah. No what? way. Yeah. True. This is a, this is a true story. And so uh, me and my friend uh, Jen, who worked at the coffee shop, oh, she put us on her guest list. No plus way. One. Plus one, we get like uh, front row seats over. I, I uh, oh, where was it? Oh, I, I don't she even remember where it was. Theater. Or? Yeah, it was like a big theater. Ben Folds. Was, it was like a the lot of pia- lots of pianos, lot of pianos tour. Ah, yeah. smart. Yeah, it was kind of like Elton John and Billy Joel. Yeah. Oh, which which. By the way, this story gets even more insane. <laughs> Let's yeah, go. Yeah, it, it Let's gets, do it. Gets it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, 
the show is absolutely fantastic. I mean, she's like, she's just a, a prodigy. I yeah, mean, she's just she's absolutely incredible. incredible playing like two pianos, like kind no. of side, like side by side singing. Like it's just insane. Mm-hmm. And then um, she's nearing the end of her set, and all of a sudden, like she starts. Like everything is very like. Like like arranged, like they have rehearsed this show, like it's it's tight, it's dialed in, mm-hmm. yeah, it's dialed in, it's tour tight. And then she and then she starts like just playing like like this simple little chord progression. It's kind of this light little like waltz thing. And I can and I'm looking up and I see that like her her band members, like a bass player, uh, I think a guitarist, maybe a drummer as well, uh, are kind of like looking at each other and they and then they both kind of like hop on. I'm like. Mm-hmm. Like oh my god, she's just she's just like she's making riffing. she's just riffing. She's making something up, and they're just gonna hop on. And she she sings this song about how uh, uh, she was like at the at the Whitney, and she's like she, that was the hotel she was at, and she basically sings about her afternoon and going and getting like and <laughs> no going for a walk and stopping in and getting coffee. Wow, at Dunn Brothers, Tori Amos. Shouted you out. Sang a song to wrote, me. Wrote, wrote and sang a song to me in concert one time. She wrote a song wow. about you. Yes. That I mean, should... I'd like to think, I must have been on her mind. <laughs> I must have been. That should be in, like, your one sheet. It really but... should. I mean, I, I mean, that was kind of my concert peak. I don't think anything has come That's tough. Anything has come That's close. tough to follow that up. Yeah. yeah you got to yeah. take a couple years off after that. Wow, she loved that double mo- macchiato. Yeah. At the, <laughs> at the time, I also, you know, uh, I had, like, very, like, like my hair gel or whatever it was yeah. basically just like glue so yeah. it was just like i was like i don't know i looked like um cloud from final fantasy 7 kind of working yeah. at a coffee shop like polygon perfect. hair okay yeah fit so, in just perfect. yeah yeah memorable wow. yeah shouts to tori amos yeah wow you know what i bet you don't have a story like that about cheryl crow no. She's the worst. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> Wait, she is? Uh, do we know that? We, uh, oh. we feel that she is. I shouldn't say we. It's, it's, more, it's more so It's weak. a personal vendetta uh, because my children only want to hear the one song she wrote that's on the Cars, the original Cars soundtrack, Pixar movie. Oh. So we listen to a song called Real Gone like four times a day for the last two years, three years. Oh, wow. Okay. So I have a standing public beef with her, but Tori Amos, interesting. Is I know, I know she's had she's had a few run-ins with like uh, songwriters who were like, "Yeah, oh. you didn't write that song, yeah, like we did." You know? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. like it that happens. kind of thing. It's messy. Cheryl Crow. Yeah, yeah. She's a stealer. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, it's I'll do that. That'll be a separate think, podcast where we go. I think I think, I think it may be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I think most like big if you're a big time recording artist, you kind of have to be. I mean, you yeah. just can't generate that many ideas. So no yeah. question, you know, it, it's yeah. bound to happen. Yeah. Um, we are very excited. This actually happened. Uh, you were invited on this podcast before we found out we were playing a show with you. Oh yeah, Doomtree and Jerry Messersmith. Yeah, yeah. At the Common Sound Festival, in the parking lot of a synagogue. It's gonna be wild. It's very, I'm very excited. I'm really yeah. pumped too. The craziest crowd that I've maybe ever played for was when uh, I was playing for a, a, a bat mitzvah. Yes, mm. and I was like, I've. I mean, I play sensitive singer songwriter stuff, and these kids are just grinding. This is this is this is just this is this is crazy. You can't stop thirteen year olds, man. You, can't. you really can't. You, you no really one's going to stop that. Amazing. Well, I mean, that's something you can look forward to. Uh, June thirtieth <laughs> at the Common Sound Festival. There's going to be a lot of it. There's going to be a lot of kids having their bat mitzvahs all at once. Yeah, for that day, absolutely. Um, that's it's kind of what be. this festival is. Good, Good vibes, Good energy. <laughs> Good energy. Yeah, <laughs> unity. Yeah. So you talked about getting into music. 
your girlfriend conned you into playing live, but you had gone to school for it, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. I studied music over at, at North Central. Okay. And, uh, uh, yeah, I was like a guitar major, I guess. And then I kind of quickly realized that I wasn't particularly great at guitar. Mm. Uh, and uh, I also didn't really have like, you know, I didn't have enough mystique to be like a like a lead guitarist and, yeah. or technical ability. So I was like, well, I could probably write like a song. I, I took a songwriting class. I could tell a story sure. sure you know that that seems a little a little easier and then you know i'll just surround myself with musicians who are like awesome and great slayers and, yeah all that stuff i'll be i'll look great by proxy mm. yeah and then that's kind of what i've done for, <laughs> for like the last that, like it, 10 years if it ain't broke <laughs> yeah you tell a story and you just have virtuosos in your camp yeah yeah absolutely yeah to you know take the song to places where words cannot go exactly yeah. right wow yeah. that was poetic oh, well, oh. See, wow. you know who you're dealing with now <laughs> <laughs> um so i um i read up on you in anticipation for this interview i did my a research. Lot of research oh my a lot of r&d um, okay. and uh, i read somewhere that your writing process is consists of you giving yourself deadlines and so how does that how does the idea of like you're telling a story do you have the idea for the story first and then you're like, okay, I have a deadline. I'm going to write this song by this day or how does that work? Huh. Uh, it's a good question. Um, and I feel like it changes like every six months or so, like how I write or how I do anything. Um, so normally it'd be like, well, I need to put out an album or something because uh, I'm going to go broke if not. So, well, <laughs> yep. okay. A you good know, motivator. Papa's got to eat. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, that's kind of what I've done, and I've had a little more luxury to just not have to put out stuff quite so yeah. quite so fast. And um, I've actually been doing this thing with some uh, some other artists, friends of mine, some songwriters and visual artists, uh, where we do this thing called Song a Day, or I guess now it's like Thing a Day. Thing a Day. Yeah, where we literally. Uh, write a song every single day yes. and you do not sweat quality at all mm -hmm. and and we share them with each other sure you know um but i think over this summer i probably wrote about 90 tunes Amazing. or so wow um and then it's kind of like just a whittling process of okay there's 90 songs right wow okay well i would say about half of these uh should just be burned and never heard <laughs> by anyone ever because they're you know they're just absolute they're garbage. really bad yeah. just com just complete like i would never i would never subject another human being to this song yeah. um and then maybe there's like like 25 percent that are like well this is okay mm -hmm. i don't know if like i would be into it and then probably about a quarter or so maybe 20 percent are like oh i think like if i'm Maybe I'll take another peek Make at that. Make some tweaks and Make a few tweaks, but I, I think this is something I'd be excited about. So lately, I've just kind of been going with the pure volume. I and love that. The nice thing about it is that, like, is that you just, uh, it's just that you experience the joy of creation. And whatever yes. your editor is, you don't listen to that at mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. And if it's bad, it's bad. So tomorrow what? you make tomorrow another you one. Make another one. Yeah. Like, the supply of songs and creative energy is just, it's, it's limitless. Well, and then the pressure's off because it's like, uh, I've done I've done both ways, right? I guess I've done like, okay, I'm going to make a beat every day. And then I've done the like, oh, I didn't have time to make beats for three months. And then the feeling of when you don't make something hot right away, you're like, I'm washed. It's time to get a job at the gas station. <laughs> right. Like you really get on yourself. But when yeah. you're doing it every day, it doesn't matter if you have an off day. Right.
Craig, I'm always impressed with like the workhorses like that. Craig Finn does that where he's like, I'm on the clock, man. I punch in and I write a song yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. never know. Like Put, putting your butt in the seat seems to be like the most important part of yeah. being <laughs> being a creative yeah. person. Yeah. <laughs> have have you always you sort of talked about like getting the editor out of the room? Is that something that you've always been able to do because you studied it? You studied music in a technical sense, or is that something that you've like developed over time? Something I've definitely developed to kind of like shut that down entirely. Uh, I think that was kind of the death of a lot of creativity. Maybe why I wasn't quite as prolific as I could have been, maybe in like my twenties, say, was because I was just way too critical of yeah. everything that came out, and mm-hmm. there should just be no space for that. Like I'm into way less mental friction, just like. Yes. You know, creativity is like it's like water running down a hill. Just find the path of least resistance and and follow that. I've, I'm, for me, it's it's way more of a joyful practice now than than it used to be. I mean, it's still hard work. Oh but, sure, ups you know, and downs, right? I mean, it's <laughs> it's hard work that you know you don't like. I mean, it's not like I do anything physically, right? You know, but uh, you know, yeah. yeah, no, totally. But I think no, I think there's something to that. But you don't find the need to release everything. Like I I have a problem where I if I make it, I'm like. That shit is tight, man. Let's put it out. Let's put it out tomorrow. <laughs> I so, can't help myself. Okay, no, I feel that way too. And my enthusiasm lasts for like like a couple days, and I'm like, "It's the greatest thing I've ever done." Yeah, oh my! Yeah, yeah. Can we get this out like next week? Can we do it next week? Yeah. And then uh, you know, usually somebody is like, away. "Somebody's like, uh, let's just wait, just wait a bit." Yeah, and yeah. then two weeks later, I'm like. Oh, what was I thinking? Burn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You do just have to yeah. sit on it for a little it's, bit. But that that excitement of just have you know created something is so intoxicating. I don't think it's I've so ever. Good. I I think we all shape any creative in any field, and that could be like you might be creative and a creative accountant or whatever. But you chase that like uh, <laughs> that's, that's my accountant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like you're, I, I am still chasing. It's not the. Certainly, like, the other people liking it part is very nice, too, if they like it or whatever. But it's that initial, like, I sat down, there was literally jack shit here, and three hours later, regardless if it's good or not, like, I did all that. And I can see it, and I can, Mm -hmm. like, press play on it, and I can, like, it's it didn't exist, and now it does. I love that. It's like we've become gods. (laughs) We are gods. It's the closest thing to God I've ever felt. (laughs) Wow. I take that back. Being a musician sounds Uh, cool. It's really, Uh, yeah. We're really talking it up. We're really like, oh, it's great. It's just mountaintop to mountaintop. Pure insurance is incredible. Divine radiance (laughs) emanating from us. Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling like maybe I'm in the wrong field now. Maybe I. It's uh, it's pretty great, Jacob. I, I just say. I just need to surround myself with good musicians, and I yeah, virtuosos. Just just appreciate and receive their gifts. Yeah, you know? yeah. I can very passively play play yeah. violin. You know. Yeah, she can play violin. Whole oh, notes. Oh, I'm, amazing. I'm, I'm good at a whole note. See, oh. we're good. Here. Footballs. You're gonna footballs, be great. We call those. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, sorry, actually, inside baseball. I think Andy calls those footballs. Yeah, I think. Andy. Yeah. God bless him. Shouts to Andy Thompson. He's got a lot of good slang. He's really. He keeps guessing. Um, you let's touch it all here. I want to. I'm jumping around. Jump yeah. around, please. Because the most recent thing I've seen you release is not a song per se. It is an entire vocal sample pack. Yes, <laughs> and it is called the JS Five Thousand Vocal Sample Pack. Being an artist is hard. It takes years of sacrifice and practice to truly find your voice. So until then, why not use mine? Introducing. The JM Signature Vocal Pack 9000. My voice at your fingertips. 
This velocity-sensitive, high-quality audio library was recorded with real mics in a mostly quiet room. And we'll take your sound to the next level. <laughs> and speaking of an idea that was like, oh, we got to do this. Like, this is great. We got to get this out. And I probably should not have even put it out. But, no, yeah. I rewatched so it. so funny. I think, so I, for those of you that don't know, sample packs are, everyone's into it. They're everywhere. Anyone that, like myself, that used to, in the beginning, like sample from, go digging for records and stuff, like that's not actually legal, right? So sample packs are a way for other musicians to create sounds for everybody to use royalty-free. Yeah. I am like exclusively on this website called splice.com now. I make oh. everything because it has like, it's like the Spotify of sample packs. Really? Dude, oh, wow. I can't, I like, talk about preaching on the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. Like, I made the Finally entire, seriously, everyone should. I made Luther exclusively out of sounds from there. I mean, I'm still like digging like I used to, but now it's just on a laptop and I'm just going, you know, typing in search words and chopping, I'm still mm-hmm. chopping stuff mm-hmm. up. So when I saw you put out this vocal pack, it was very like, close to me because i'm like i have spent a lot of time going through the like professional songwriters and things like that (laughs) (laughs) and there was a couple so jeremy has created his own yes and it is downloadable for free it is it is is it sample free are we gonna have to cut you in on any points you do not please i want to i want to hear those those sweet auto-tune notes on all sorts of all sorts of albums it's really kind of a revolutionary idea and have I thought my favorite part was that you really sell it in the commercial you made for it, yeah, by highlighting a couple of things that are very popular in current music. The millennial whoop, yes, can you do it? That's the millennial sorry. whoop, that's, that's, millennial yeah. whoop. That's it. Huh. So, <clears throat> you, if you didn't want to download it, you could just rip that off, yeah, of the yeah, podcast you, you right could now. take that. It's so really quiet, in tune thing, it's yeah, so quiet in here. Yeah, uh, and so that versus the old-fashioned woo. Woo! Yeah. Can you can you tell us sort of um, just as a songwriter, when do you feel it's appropriate to apply the millennial whoop versus the old-fashioned woo? <laughs> See, this is where years of experience come in handy. Yeah, it really would. Uh, I'd say just liberally like slather any song with with probably an ample heaping of both, both. and you would you would be mm. you would be fine. We've been uh, talking about you know, the. You, you get all sorts of uh, audiences of, of uh, different ages with... Right. Like we were That's saying, we were you can get the, the Gen X, the Gen Z, the millennials. I just learned that I'm a millennial. And Tim is Gen X. I thought I was Gen X. Uh-huh. You I... are... How old are you? Uh, 39. Okay, so you are... You might be Gen X, but like one little toe. Oh, yeah. Well, I I was like homeschooled growing up, so I think uh, I'm probably like a few years behind. So I'll just I'll just, <laughs> You're I'll, just I'll tag with the millennials. You're on, millennial. on that. Yeah, We're it customers. seems like seems like I'm into all their politics and you know yeah. killing chain restaurants and stuff. Yeah, for sure, so, for sure, so that for works. Sure. Yeah. Okay, not yeah. this not I'm, this Gen Z. I'm Gen Z. Oh. I'm Gen Z. So you I'm I think that young. you don't like millennial whoops or old fashioned whoops? Listen, I'm I'm on the cusp, so I am partial <laughs> to a millennial whoop. You know, um, I do okay. I do enjoy it. Do you like Lil Nas X? Oh, I love that. I, I love, love Lil Nas X. Is that the, that the old, yeah. Town, old Town Road? Road. Yeah. Old Town Road. And then Billy Ray yeah. Cyrus hopped on the remix to like legitimize it in the country world. Yeah. I think that shit is amazing. I think it's a great song. <laughs> so we can all agree that we can all come together on I that. think it could yeah. use a few millennial whoops. Yeah. That's the Jeremy Messer's <laughs> can, can we get a Laserbeak remix? I absolutely will do that. <laughs> I'll credit you. I won't give you any points, but I will great. credit you. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. Okay, so the JS5000 has really taken off. That's the vocal sample pack is doing well. I feel like you dabble in... Uh, 
little different things. You did the um, ukulele record. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was a couple years ago now? That was a few years ago. Yep. Yeah. You do is... things where I'm like... That's my punk rock record, by yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the most punk album I've ever done. Because you basically... <laughs> Let's set it up. Because yeah. for those that don't know, you basically self-released, kind of surprise released... Yes. Uh, album full of original ukulele songs. Mm-hmm. Yes, but uh, but it was released as a songbook. Right. So uh, so people literally like would have to like read music and play it, and then uh, I asked people to just pay hey, record yourself singing this song. You can premiere one of my songs. If Amazing. You like. yeah. And so people like all over the world uh, played through the songbook, and yeah. I have a big YouTube playlist with everybody so playing cool. all the tracks. It's very my fun. one of my favorite YouTubers. She has like millions of subscribers. Her name's Dodie Clark. She covered his song no. "Everybody Gets a Kitten," and I like just was on YouTube and saw that, and I was like, "Wait, like Whoa. Jeremy Messersmith's song?" And I was like, "This is my world are colliding Holy right now." Cow. Like it was crazy. Did you? She just found it. It just yep. happened. It caught wildfire. Yeah, I, th- I think she just was like. I don't know who this guy is, and I don't know how I even heard this song, but here we go. Everybody gets a kitten. Yeah, it was, it was funny. Like sometimes, like the internet can kind of function like like the Eye of Sauron from Lord of the Rings or whatever, where right. it's like do yep. do do, you're a Hobbit one day, and then oh, the Eye of Sauron. Oh, yeah. oh you know, it's crazy. And, uh, and I remember just like I don't even remember what I was doing. I think I was sitting at home or something, and I was like, I step away from my computer for a bit, and I come back, and I'm like. Huh, I have like 2,000 mentions in my Twitter feed. Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> and then I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> Amazing. So it yeah. cracked off. Yeah, yeah it, did, it did pretty well. Yeah, she's I, like a UK based really? singer songwriter who's like touring the world. She's coming here in August, actually. Hey. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to go to the show. I, I have tickets to that in. show. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to that show. I'm a uh, big fan wow. of her. Like, I she's love good. her music. We good. should hit her up. And you should perform that song with you her should, at the concert. You should, right? Open for the opener. Yeah, that's amazing. So you do. So you basically leaked your record. Like if if the label found out, they'd be upset. Well, uh, <laughs> yes. Well, although I I realized that I needed to get the my label on my side. Uh, yeah. So I actually went to New York, and they I had another record in the can because you had late stage capitalism. Late-stage yeah, that was that was done. It'd been sitting around for a bit, and. Uh, I showed up and they were like, "Oh, well, cool. You want to talk about late stage capitalism?" And I'm like, "Fuck no, no. I don't." <laughs> Watch this PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I guess I'm only like I'm the I'm the second artist that Glassnote has who's done a PowerPoint presentation. Really? Uh, yeah, uh, Childish, Childish Gambino. Gambino. Yes, is the, is, is the other one. Wow. But I basically just made it very funny uh, with my friend Phil Jones. Uh, we made like a funny PowerPoint, and we just talked about like how we kind of wanted this thing to work and have it be like a like kind of a non-album album. Yeah. And uh, they they were like. Okay, we think we get it. Let's let's, let's do, do it. it. Yeah, we're into it. Well, as a guy that has like maybe by force gotten super into marketing just through having like a independent label for a long time, I loved how that felt like such a seamless rollout. Like it was almost created for late stage capitalism. Your actual record, it was like a perfect pre whatever mm-hmm. buzz. Thing. Yeah. Well, and then you did like the mini sort of park tour. Yes. And yeah. I remember, like, me and my friends were like, that's so cool. Like, just go go to a park and everybody bring their instruments and we can all just sit around and sing these songs that that's we right. have had for- time to learn. So you drove around in, what car did you drive around in? 
Uh, I think I drove around in a rental okay. for that, so I'm putting a lot of miles on. But yeah, I would do like four or five shows a day, and we I just routed out. I used like Atlas Obscura to book a lot of the spots. <laughs> awesome. Uh, some TripAdvisor, but I was just like, I would like to play in beautiful places. Yeah. Like, I don't want to play in a club. I'd like to play like at a park or by like a mm-hmm. monument or just some place where, like, so many places where people gather. Kind of these like you know public uh, yeah. private partnerships, and you're not really quite free to assemble there. So I wanted to go to like parks and stuff and yeah. show off some, some of that. So I would do like four or five like 15-minute micro shows a day just all over. I did one in Minnesota where I, I spent like like a couple weeks uh, in here. I went out uh, to the East Coast. I went down to the South. I mean, I kind of went all so over So were you place. essentially busking? I mean, yes. did you have like a little yes. ukulele case open or uh, CDs? Or no, anything? I actually didn't. I didn't charge I mean, no i didn't Not take tips profit. or anything either yeah it was Sorry, uh, you know, like we have to remember like you know like trump had just been elected yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. so i was uh, i was all full of goodwill at that point yeah. like yeah, oh yeah. come on <laughs> unify yeah That's... yeah so what was the, with that album sort of what was the intentionality there was it because i've heard you say that like it was in response to the election yeah. so what was the thought process going into that uh I I kind of freaked out after the election, went off to a cabin for a bit, and I was like, well, clearly I I need to spend some time just thinking. Yeah. And I started thinking about like what music, what's like the what are like the deep ways that music connects with with people, and uh, I think like perhaps the most meaningful music is the stuff that you sing yourself, or is kind of like the stuff from the great American songbook, mm. songs that you sing in school, like that kind of stuff, um, and. I kind of think of songs. I'm going to just stick with me for a minute. No, no, let's go. I'm ready. It's going to be crazy. I tend to think of songs as basically like, uh, I have a background in computer science, but I think of them as kind of operating instructions or programs for kind of like our our brains. I mean, songs are how we encoded information for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Like how we passed on culture. It's like basically made to fit like our mental pathways. So I thought... What are some ways to encode like just values that I think are strong and powerful and things that you would sing like at a protest, but also you would sing at a school and yeah. it would be just fine. Or you'd sing at home. You could sing it, you know, all ages. And also it was a, a real stripping down of style for me. So I, th- I think a lot of the stuff that I'd written before is a lot of, hey, I'm smart. I'm funny. And I was just like, what if I didn't care about that? What if I just tried to yeah. be as simple as I absolutely could be and just, you know, just say what I need to say. Um, and so that's kind of the intention behind the, the songs. Uh, I tried to make them short. Uh, songs, like pop songs, are I mean, they're pretty long now. Yeah. But if you just go back even like 100 years, songs were more like ditties than, you know, the, 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 the form is like a lot different, yeah. or, you know, kind mm-hmm. of like condensed. And um, and that's because like that's, you know, that's that harkens back to like pre-recorded music, like you know, you couldn't just listen to a song over and over and over again. So you might just only hear it like once or twice yeah. and you need to just remember, remember it. So, it right so, yeah. Away. So yeah, they ended up being kind of short. So I kind of tried to engineer it to be like a little mind virus, <laughs> but, a, but a helpful, but a helpful, you gotta come up with a more positive spin on that term. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll run it by a positive mind virus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess <laughs> the, so. Yeah, if you put the word positive in front of it, you it usually it. works. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and f- I think for the most part, it, for the amount of effort that I put into making it, which I wrote most of the songs, I did it all in two weeks. We recorded the say, album in when, one day. Yeah, sure. Just me and a, one microphone. Like mm-hmm. that was it. So was it? <laughs> did you have uh, 
inspiration, um, and then you're like, okay, I'm just going to write this whole thing. Yes. In two weeks. Or it just happened. It just came out of you. I had two weeks at a little at a little cabin Great. down in Lanesboro and I just decided to just decided to do it. it yeah. was, but I was really just following the path of least resistance. Yeah. I was trying to remind myself of like, okay, what does it mean to have like a social fabric? What are I, I think like the best way to a, a better world is just to be able to like imagine a better world and hey, yeah. what better than a than a ditty that sticks in your head that shows you how good that could be. Yeah. Hmm. And using it was that the first time you had maybe used music as the platform to uh, something different or something bigger like for me i'm really just in this zone thinking about that because my most recent solo album is this instrumental record that i've been able to use as like a platform to talk about mental health and Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. talking to each other and you know getting better together it's been super powerful even on this kind of low small community level was that the first time for you where you were like, oh, this is bigger than like my songs. This is like a feeling I'm connecting with people on. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the it was really wild uh, doing that little micro tour. Yeah. Uh, people came from all over. I mean, I I remember playing in I think it's called Three Rivers, Three Rivers Park in uh, in Pittsburgh. And I've played in Pittsburgh like a handful of times. And I'm always like, OK, well, there's they're the same four <laughs> people in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. who have come to my last show. Ditto. And there were like 200 people at a park wow. waiting for me in Pittsburgh. And it was because, uh, you know, it was like um, the Steel City Pickers, a ukulele group, had found my book somewhere. I got passed along in like this no whole like shit. grassroots underground network of there are these wow. like people with ukuleles all over the place. Yeah. Um, there's a Twin Harbors uh, group up in northern Minnesota. It, it, but they're everywhere. It's yeah. like an invisible musical infrastructure that's kind of like overlooked or not seen because it's, you know, it's not like a radio. It's not like a sure. commercialized thing. It's the opposite. It's people literally playing songs, you know. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, that is so crazy. I didn't, okay. Yeah. Good on you, man. I uh, did not know. Great. And you, And it wasn't like you made this like, I'm going to write these songs so I can play to 200 people in Pittsburgh. It just all <laughs> no, happened because no, that's just... how good things happen when your mind's in the right – and your yeah. heart's in the right place, right? Yeah. I feel like it, it taught me a lot uh, – I've mentioned before, but just about how to write something uh, simple and small and how to get out of the way of the idea. Like it doesn't have to have my my very obvious fingerprints all, all yeah. over it. And um, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I play a few songs when I – when I just play my regular show, usually yeah. it's like a little mm-hmm. ukulele encore. And they're by far the most popular songs sure. that I even play. And I right. think it's just, oh, it's better to err on the side of simplicity. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. and you've been doing this recently too with, because I think of your full length records are these kind of big, grandiose pop statements. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, it's yeah, like the whole, let's talk about American Songbook. It's like all the tricks and all the yes, yeah. production techniques. Um, so yeah, that was like, the 180. Mm. And then I feel like have, you've, and there's been kind of this, maybe movement is a strong word, but like the, the house show thing is happening on a new level, I think is really opening doors for indie musicians to find a new way to connect with people. Even if you don't have like 600 people you can play in front of, you can make a, you can still make some money and connect with like 50 people at a house show. Yeah. And you, I, whenever I, whenever I talk to people about like why like the Twin Cities music scene feels different and I, I always say that like you you have a you have more of a chance to connect with the artists and I always bring up the supper clubs because those are like a great example of the ways in which you can just completely like that's an opportunity to like just sit and have dinner with a bunch of other fans of your music and then you're there and then you play some music and we get to chit chat for a while like that's 
that's a totally different musical experience from a lot of things that you get. Yes. Do you like it? Sorry, we just were like, you do that. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's it's fantastic. I I love it. It combines a few of my interests. Uh, I'm a foodie. I love yeah. I love to eat. I love to cook. I do a lot of cooking. And um, also, there was this. There's like a road fatigue, like for me, that kind of sets in. You know, when you're like, I mean, you can, you know, I'll eat at like nice restaurants or try to sure. when I'm on tour. You know, it's kind of like you know, continental breakfast, and then I'll try to eat like one yeah. nice healthy meal a day. But it seems like nothing can really touch like a like a home cooked meal. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, yeah, uh, I find them to be um, really just rejuvenating. <laughs> yeah. yeah, rejuvenating tours when I you know I'll head off for a few weeks and and do some and um, it. Yeah, I think cooking can be kind of a revolutionary act, and there's a whole like whatever I could go into that. Oh, totally. Too. No, yes, it's a communal yeah. thing, right? Yes, it's like it we all come together. Community. And, yeah. and and I think that like I think uh, America. I'm going to generalize real big here, but uh, I think Americans can be really, really lonely. I think there's a lot of structural loneliness built into um, just oh, being an American. No you question. know, it's it's the thing about like, well, okay, we did the thing. We we bought a house. We live here, you know. I've had so many people come up to me after shows, you know, that I've played in, like, uh, Seattle or wherever. Yeah. Who are like, you know, we've lived here for five years, and this is the first time our house has felt like home. It's amazing wow. to have people mm-hmm. over here mm-hmm. feeling like you're a part of something. Yeah. I think I think human beings are social creatures, and uh, I think people are just yeah, dying dude. for those opportunities. And I don't think – I think – not to go on the big social media rant thing too. Do cause it, I, but I because I like it. I'm a, I'm a, I use it. I'm a part of it. Um, but I think when we think we're being social in that way, if that's the only way we're being social, it's super. Uh, it's just it's super lonely. Yes. And so then oh, all of a sudden you actually drag yourself out of the house or whatever, and you're like, "Holy shit! I just like had shared air with somebody." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something you just don't get by DMing somebody when you. But you do play regular concerts in regular venues. Yes. Do you try to find ways in which you can bring some of that same feeling of the supper clubs into your shows? Sort of like that. Is is that something that you try to replicate? Yes, it is. Uh, I try to replicate a lot more if I'm playing solo. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess it's all a little more informal. So I did uh, I did about six weeks of club dates uh, this fall with a with a gentleman by the name of Eric Hutchinson, and he had a full mm-hmm. band. We hopped on his tour bus for a yeah. while, and then uh, and then I just opened playing you know like solo acoustic guitar. And I guess like the thing I have to quickly establish like when you're playing is that um, you know. It's just going to be me and a guitar. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, uh, you make it clear. Yes. It's kind of like all uh, – my, my set list was basically I'm going to play my two like biggest songs yeah. right at the top, and then I'm going to make a joke about it, and then I'm going to sing something very, very quiet. And there's kind of like this whole like lulling, lulling the club crowd where yeah. you come out guns blazing, just I'm here, mm-hmm. and, then, and then you bring it way in and you see if they'll come in with you, and then you kind of you like slowly. just – You kind of keep going. And um, – you know, you try to break it up with some some stories and uh, right. and maybe a joke here or there. Yeah, sure. Um, and then kind of like the thing that I would do that was like a house show. So the house shows I do are uh, unamplified. So I just mm-hmm. you know sit down and, and sing. Yeah. And uh, I would say at about ninety percent of the venues, uh, you know, I, I would be like, well, now's the moment we've all been waiting for. And then I would take off my guitar, set it down, 
and then pick up the ukulele and hold it yeah. up over my head for a bit, and yeah. people, you know, lose their mind. I they mean, they, and for the most part, they had no idea who I was at all. <laughs> right. But there was just like, oh, ukulele, oh, finally, you know, he's been yeah. playing guitar for the yeah. last like thirty minutes, Mixing and uh, and then I would just be like, hey, uh, I would like to just sing for you with my with my voice, and you know, we just cut it down, and then I would just sing, usually in these beautiful auditoriums. So sure. It's going to sound nice mm-hmm. anyway, but. Um, but the the real connection of like an unamplified human voice is is just it's fun. Like yeah. I like I like to perform that way, but I also like to to hear someone's voice like yeah. that because it sounds it sounds like like it's on a record, you know? Or yeah, something totally. Like that. Or it's yeah. like in the in the shower yeah. or something. Yes. Where it's just nice yeah, it's, and warm. It's right yeah. there. Did you get any Moana soundtrack requests ever when you did that? Oh, that's been a big again. The guy with kids over <laughs> yes. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's been a big thing. Like, I got a ukulele for the family just so we could like learn the Moana mm. songs. Yeah, that didn't uh, happen. Uh, I had I haven't had any requests for it, but there have been a few ukuleles who, when I ask like what they play, they're like, "Oh, I play songs from the Moana yeah, the Moana song. Yeah, the the lava the lava song. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love Some, you. Someone yeah. to lava is oh. yeah. Someone it was lava. a Pixar oh, yeah. short. Yeah, no Pixar short. That's okay. really good. Yeah, my little sister and I played that one set. Yeah, an yeah. open mic thing. It was really adorable. It's pretty good. Um. Something I've so I've seen you perform live a few times, and something that I and this is gonna sound so small, but one time it was uh the aria like it was a get out the vote event for Keith Ellison one year, and you came out and you were setting yourself up and you just said hello to the people in the front row, and it was wild because there had been performers before you, and you were the first one to say hello to the people standing right in front of you. You broke the third wall. You, is that what that's called? Yeah, broke the fourth wall. Fourth wall. Sorry. Fourth wall. What's the third he, wall? He broke the third What's one. The third too. wall. He broke the third. The fifth the wall into another dimension. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's something that I've noticed when you perform is sort of this like you don't. I don't know. You sort of like remove that idea of like the stage that you're like the performer and you're up there. And you sort of bring the crowd in. Is that intentional or is it just because it feels more comfortable for you to, like, acknowledge that there are people there? <laughs> uh, it's it's a bunch of carefully learned stagecraft. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it, it probably is just me wanting to have it feel a little more comfortable. I'm, I'm actually a, like a super introvert person. And so, like, performing is something that I've kind of had to learn how to how to do and um, – I think just, yeah, saying hi, just, it's kind of funny acknowledging that, hey, we're both here. I'm right yeah. here. I'm not going to pretend like I'm, maybe it's my way of like saying like, I'm trying really hard to have this not be like a persona or something. Yeah. I'm trying to yeah, just, yeah. trying to be myself. Like mm-hmm. you could really have this job. It's not that hard. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like maybe that. <laughs> you should how sell you... t-shirts that say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beak, how do you, when you're up on stage, like, how do you, like before you're, when you're just setting up, Yeah, yeah. how do you interact with the crowd? Is that something that you've had to think about? I, it's been easier as I was in being, doing the rap thing. I'm kind of behind, you know, I'm like, I don't have a microphone. I don't really have to do much. So much easier, right? I do, I do stuff. I don't have to like interact. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't do anything. <laughs> I don't really do much you oh, just put, like, i think i just fired myself from doom tree oh. <laughs> damn it we're gonna edit that out um but no like even uh, the release show that we did together was kind of like a live podcast thing mm. with some music and so whenever i have a mic i do feel like i have to kind of interact that's the only, otherwise i feel i get super shy almost or in my own head but the second that i can kind of like 
I don't know, if jokes, I guess. I'm like a nervous joker, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's me, my... me too. And uh, I feel like half my jokes like don't don't work out all that yeah. well. That's that's another good reason for doing supper clubs is it forces you to chat with people and, yeah. uh, you know, you don't use the same jokes over and over again. Right. But, but you can kind of like rehearse and try some things. Did you just really quick back to the Eric Hutchinson tour. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's an incredible story that's been told to me through Andy and Dessa. Of you um, almost like breaking everything on stage. (laughs) (laughs) And I would love it if you Uh, could regale us. Well, yeah, sure. Oh, boy, I would love to regale the night of greatest shame I've had on the stage in in a very, very long time. uh, We're going to keep it real. We're going to move through this. It'll be be, um, healthy for you. Uh, We were playing a show in in Phoenix, Arizona. And... um, yeah, uh, <laughs> for an encore, uh, Eric chose uh, "Stuck in the Middle" with you, and then uh, okay. the the thing was like, yeah, you hop back on stage and uh, sing like a harmony. We'll trade off a bit, and then um, and also there's this epic like cowbell thing in that song. Awesome. So play the cowbell, and I was like, oh, I've, this has been a dream ever since I've seen like the Bruce Dickinson sketch on SNL <laughs> yeah, right. for cowbell. Like I I want this gig, and um, <clears throat> so. It turned into a bit of like a like a tour gag. So uh, eventually, I I bought like a bunch of drumsticks, and then signed all of them. And then every night, I would I would basically like play the cowbell part, and then just like throw a drumstick into the crowd. Wow, very and, rock star. Yeah, Amazing. very very rock star. And, you know, I'd like to sign it like Jeremy Master Smith, cowbell master. You know, <laughs> whatever. Put that on there. Um, anyway, that out there. We're performing the song. And uh, the stage is is real small, and I did a classic, like a thing you should never do on stage. Performers take note, but just don't step backward. Just never don't step. Do it. Just never step backwards uh, without you know knowing or looking or yeah. whatever. And uh, I just was singing away, and then uh, uh, took a step back and just tripped right on a monitor that was right behind me, and. Fell down, uh, <laughs> pushing over the keyboard rack, falling onto the electric guitarist. Oh my god! And then uh, kind of like ha- yeah, <laughs> literally fell on him when he's trying to do like the slide guitar <laughs> solo. <laughs> fell on him and then uh, landed kind of like on his pedal board, messing up all of his pedals. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All in like half a second. That half happened. a second. I, I see Eric singing, and he just look at me singing, and he's just like his eyes just go wide, like like it is is he gonna be okay? And I'm yeah. like, I leap back up, and I'm like, I'm good, I'm I'm good, you know, and I'm I'm a little sheepish, you know. Okay, and I'm like, well, okay, I've got I've got a chance to redeem myself. Like I'm I'm a professional here. Here we go. So I the song's still going. The song's this still going on. They're not stopping, even though the guitarist is like <laughs> is making out. weird noises. They're trying to like assemble the keyboard thing <laughs> again, and um, <laughs> uh, so I grab my my cowbell and uh, do my last yep. hits on the cowbell, yep. and then uh, I go to I go to fling the cowbell. Uh, or sorry, not the cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> Hard as I can, I spike it on the person in the front row. Uh, I, I grab the the drumstick and I I throw it off of the stage and it hits the ceiling and ricochets back onto the stage, nearly impaling Eric Hutchinson. No, <laughs> the, the headliner. The headliner. It, it it clamors like at his feet. 
Oh my god. And at that point I I I hold my hands up, I grab the drumstick, I hand it meekly to the person in the front row, and then I went right to bed in the tour bus and did not speak to anyone for like the next like twelve so hours. I snuck out of the, the bus early the next you morning. You closed your curtains of the tour bus before yes. the band oh, got off stage. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no. No, I was like, no. We're not gonna talk about this. Yeah, yeah. No, no. And then no. everything was cool after that. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get the feeling they looked at me a little different for yeah. the rest of it. You didn't but, get asked um, on like the second leg of the tour. Or anything. <laughs> no, yeah. no. Oh, they did. Uh, they did prank me though. Uh, the last night of the tour in Seattle, they yeah. uh, they took a bunch of um, uh, lube and oh, yeah. uh, and covered the drumstick, uh, <laughs> it, which, which was kind of like set on stage. You know, so I just run up and grab it, and then filled uh, um, filled the cowbell with I think it was like gold bond medicated powder or something like that. So wow. I, I lifted it up, and it was literally just like a bouquet. <laughs> Of like powder, greasy lube stuff, and um, they got you. That's yeah, pretty good. They, they got me real good. That was payback. Yeah, that, I feel like you guys that, are is, even. that is a classic. That's a classic tour prank, and I took that as as a real expression of love and affection. Yeah, that's good. You they really forgave made you. It. They forgave you. Oh yes. Oh yeah. I think so. I just can't believe you almost killed the the lead singer of yeah. the, of the yeah, headline yeah. act. Yeah, my my. Subconscious is a pretty, uh, it's a pretty horrible thing to have around. Doesn't it feel good? It feels good to talk about it, though, right? Uh, it's, yeah, it's in the yeah. Past. It's, like, it's like tearing off a scab, but yeah, <laughs> yes, it does. We're gonna, we're gonna. It's like an abscess we're or something. Yeah, yeah we're Bleeding detaching. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. Uh, amazing. Well, you brought great joy to me. I've laughed <laughs> yes. very hard about that, uh, uh, and the worst is behind you. I feel. Yeah, like. I, I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> what um, what's next, dude? What do you got? So the JS five thousand sample pack is out now. <laughs> yes, yes, you can everyone, you can that. get that. Yes, <laughs> but I know that you're. That's not all you're sitting on right now. Sure, uh, I'm just I'm just working on finishing up an album. So um, I think we've got like first drafts of of most of something. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's, so that's kind of this is at. the what comes after late stage capitalism. Yeah, yeah. This is a very. It'll be a very very different. Very different than anything that I've that I've done before. I think the, the song that you released over uh, when when did you release the, so the single? Valentine's yeah, the Valentine's Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. The sweep me off my feet. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yep. Yeah. Great song. Plugging that yeah. song right oh, thank now. You. Oh yeah. It's all about self love, which we're all about. Um, and Harmar Superstar is in the video. Yes. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. great in it. Uh, that amazing. video turned out great. Becky told me that how like. DIY, and you were just like, all right, well, I guess we're doing this today. Yeah, shout it on my phone. It all looks right. great. Yeah. Wow. Good job. Yeah, thanks. But it's, that... very, it's very fun. I've been kind of dabbling with maybe maybe doing a bit of directing stuff and at least making some videos, like for the, the vocal pack and, and yeah. video. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like to hire you as a, <laughs> uh, a Doomtree on the clock, Doomtree, all promo videos, all, all, right. yeah. all music videos. We're going to make this happen. Uh, That's good. What, does that song a vibe on the new record, or is that just a one-off? Is that just like a... Uh, I think it's just a one-off. So I think we've we've kind of tracked about twenty-two or twenty-three tunes, kind of wow. in in earnest that sound pretty good, and I like them. Uh, so some will be just singles, and some I think are going to form like a cohesive sort of sort of album. So I think Project. that's just a I think that's just a one-off. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. stuff that I've been kind of zeroing in on is all uh, it's all very like. Let's say not singer songwritery. So, Got it. So mm. very like nonfiction and some kind of like way different, much smaller production than I've cool. kind of ever done before. Minimal. Minimal? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, and you're mm. working with uh, John Mark, right? John Mark Nelson. Yeah, John Mark Nelson. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 
it's been great. We we spent the winter, a uh, big chunk of the winter together, like me and him Just in his hold little, up. His little studio. I yeah. love it. I'm excited, man. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, late stage capitalism was, and we've been refreshing listening to it again going into this. I'm like, yeah. that is some big, it sounds like there's like a 50-piece band in that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think this album will sound exactly the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, there's clearly two dudes and a laptop. <laughs> oh, that's this was recorded in the NPR studio after Tuesdays with Laser Week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was all here. It all what, happened yeah, right here. Right here. We're doing it. Um, let's, do you got other questions? Um, I mean, we, I mean, I'd love to touch on your Grammy live I was going to say, I was holding out till Trunk the end. Here. Grammy oh, yeah, live yeah, yeah. A lot of people watch the Grammys, let's be clear. Right. Yeah. It's a thing that happens on, on national television. We all do it, but. Not everybody live tweets the entire Grammys drunkenly every mm. year so well as you. Oh, thanks, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will say it's probably the most fun that I have on Twitter. Yeah. But I feel like that's actually, some years I'm not even that drunk. Right. It's just... more just like, well, if I turn off the inner editor and just let it flow here, yeah. this is kind of what's going to come out. And that's I'm I'm typically pretty censored on most most right. social media just because nobody needs my shit. <laughs> yeah, um, but this gives you just like a three hour window yeah. of just like yeah, it's in the moment. Of, here we go. Like here here it is. And uh, it's funny for me watching the Grammys because like I'm so completely out of touch. I never know who like any of the performers are. Pretty pretty rare. Like yeah. this year I knew like oh Brandy Carlisle. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. I played a show with her once. Okay, great. I know I know her. Yeah. yeah. Uh and kind of everybody else I'm like who's that? <laughs> like I'm so, I'm so out of touch That's with what is going on. That's oh, the man. Gen Xer it's, in you. It's it's, it's crazy. <laughs> so, with that, it's like I try to I I have a few I do have like one rule which is to like to never I never say anything bad about anybody even if I That's great. even if I even mm-hmm. if I hate it. You're making a living doing music. Yeah. Your music is touching somebody. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, I generally just try to try to love everything I I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Sometimes so much... it's a little harder, but but yeah. <laughs> there's so much good to talk about, right? Yeah. Or like funny to talk about without going. I've been really trying to practice the whole like don't speak negative things into the world. That's yeah. much easier said than done, mm. but yeah. especially mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah. It feels like the the negative thing is usually like a thing that could be phrased more elegantly yes. if you put a little more time into to doing so, mm-hmm. you know, like if you yeah. just, you know, that sucks. Just well, practice. You, yeah, it, you could say that or you could be like, well, uh, I, I think I could see, you know, maybe the, you know, maybe their chorus wasn't quite matching with the verse there, right. you know, whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, they're, I bet their next album will be great. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. That's yeah. what I say about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Their next <laughs> album's probably going to be great. <laughs> I know, Jacob, that's a, that strikes Ouch. a nerve. She grew up on that. I did. Oh. My dad was a big Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, so I'm a big fan. They they weren't good at the Grammys this year, I was a little brutal. I didn't, I, didn't, mm. I didn't like that performance. wasn't my thing. But we did talk about this on a previous podcast. I thought that was the best Grammys in years. I mm. I thoroughly enjoyed all, and I think mm-hmm. primarily because there were so many women on oh, it. Dolly yeah. Parton. Dolly oh Parton. God. That was, I think, oh. I don't even remember what you tweeted about Dolly Parton, but I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm great. with you. She's so good. She, I, I did, I'd read somewhere that she's like the only songwriter to have like a number one song in like five separate decades or something Jesus. like that. Like, it's Really? Just, yeah. It's got to be her and the Isley Brothers I know are up there oh, with that. And, and she wrote like, what was it, Jolene and, um, oh. And, uh, um, I will always uh, love I you. I will always love you. In one day. No. One day. Well, Come on. <laughs> People were like, she, she was really going through something that wow. day. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty good oh, that's, average. That's a, oh. that's two for two. Oh, yeah. my. Yeah. 
So maybe you should start writing two songs a day, man. I, I, I had, you I might had, strike gold. Yeah, I, I did have a stretch where I was doing like two or three. Two like, a days. I was up at a cabin up north uh, for a big chunk of the yeah. summer, and and there were a few days where I was like, oh man, this is just all You're consuming, rolling. and and some of them are okay. I love <laughs> I love that. I mean, it's a lot different when producing or making beats because there's the, so much less to to finish. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about lyrics or anything. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. verse, chorus, verse, chorus, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, breakdown. Double chorus, generally. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, you got but the But like, yeah. um, but yeah, there's like on those getaways where we like shredders will do, we'll go like to like yeah. a farm Airbnb or whatever. And when I can get to make like five or six beats in a day, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> Again, I am a god. <laughs> <laughs> there Reason you go. discovers his latent <laughs> divinity. I, I know. I need, I need to figure out what the podcast equivalent to that is. Yeah, and what I gotta is that, get there. I don't know. Editing three episodes in a day? That's, yeah. I feel like for awful. engineer extraordinaire Tim Nelson, who's, whose day job is like man in the field reporting, he's already doing oh, like he 20 does, songs he do, a day. He, yeah, his equivalent, yeah, it's like an album a day. Yeah. Like, that's what Tim Nelson does Tim in just, his job. He doesn't stop. It's just creative output nonstop. People in our news meetings say that he's the one-man newsroom. Yeah, well, and here we are in his one-man newsroom. Yeah. Four deep. Uh, Jeremy, you're the greatest. Oh, I'm so... Oh, thank you. My, my ego is a black hole, and I will receive that. Thank you. Because of telling that story about impaling Eric Hutchinson, you're, yeah. you're eternally my favorite Seriously. now. <laughs> um, I I can't thank you enough, dude, for coming on here. Thank we you. are this is a delight. Great we're questions. very much uh, winging it, eternally winging it, eternally winging it. But man. thank you for for coming on and just like yes. kicking it. Yeah. And I don't feel like Doomtree and Jeremy Messersmith have ever played a show together we haven't i've played with various members but, yeah but yeah this will be the first one uh i think i'm really excited yeah I, I mean i was excited and also nervous enough that i was like becky schedule rehearsals with the band i never <laughs> yeah. Rehearsed, yeah. i'm like no 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 we get we, no. oh do i need to be worried now we gotta be good. am i gonna have to have a, gotta rehearse. i'm gonna have to rehearse now <laughs> damn it all right we'll see what happens there's gonna be some one-upmanship going on possibly so. um, and some 13 year old so so when is when is common sound um, june 30th june 30th uh bethel synagogue common mm-hmm. sound festival Doomtree, Jeremy Messersmith, and a bunch of others. I think Cuckoo Kangaroo is going to be there um, now for like the younger audience and during Heck the daytime. Yeah. We're going to, I'm going to um, brew a beer with Steel Toe. That'll be like, there'll be a special beer because they're right over there too. So it'll be a cool community hang. And I bet it'll be really sunny. I hope so. You're going to bring fun. the ukulele? And likely. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I love it. It's going to be a great weekend. I love it. Jeremy, thank you. That's it. That's it. The fifth Tuesdays of Laser Week podcast in the bag. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Cue the music. I'll put on my good suit, polish up my dress shoes, slick my hair back, whiten all my teeth. I've got me a hot date, and I don't want to be late. Tonight I'm gonna sweep me off of my feet Yes, I'm gonna take me out to someplace fancy And order all the breadsticks I can eat Then I'll stuff my face with chocolate And then ditch the bill and take off Cause tonight I'm gonna sweep me off of my feet I finally found a love to last a lifetime Someone who'll be there 
I get old A friend who just knows Exactly what I'm thinking Takes the time to laugh at All my jokes I'll stop on the way